And I'll tell you guys since we're, since we're all friends. Every character I write has a piece of me in them. Hi, I'm Lee Bardugo. You're listening to The Grisha Cast. Welcome to Grisha Cast, episode 106. In this episode, we will begin breaking down the stories from the book The Lives of Saints. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry from Nashville, Tennessee. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the mother of all Volcara, Lee Bardugo. Moise Vianney Casters. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so we've got some listener cities. We do. First, mm-hmm. we have Kivershaw, France. Ooh, yes. thanks. And then. Now we're moving on to my homeland, Tel Aviv, <laughs> Israel. Thank you, listeners. Oh, yay. I wonder if any of those are friends that I actually do know. They could be, possibly. They could be your relatives. They could be, but most, yeah, most of my relatives <laughs> probably are still, yeah. But it'd be cool if Distantly I just, related. Distant, yeah, because my relatives remain mostly in the South. Yeah, <laughs> they're in Charleston and Mississippi, Mostly where you really can't find a lot of Jews, to be honest. Aww. But it's okay. We're around. We we are. We're here. <laughs> See? Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm one. <laughs> Shouting out for my voice of all Jewish people. So. Yeah. <laughs> Just you. Just me. So we are on the precipice of possibly some snow. Do you like that word there? Uh, yes. Precipice. Yeah. Precipitation. Precipice, precipice. Oh, ooh, see, you got me there. <laughs> Say it 10 times fast. Nope. Um. Yeah, it's kind of sleeting right now, and it's cold, and it's windy. Yes, and I'm very excited because I hope it's our last snow for before spring because those of you that know me, I love winter. I love sleeping. I love everything about it. Hybrid, I pretty much could hibernate. I am, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm not excited about the time change that happens on Sunday. You will not want to be near me Monday morning. Just oh, a heads up. Well, just go to bed an hour early. Yep, that don't work. <laughs> it, no, I, I, I still, yeah, it's hard. Actually, next week when we record our podcast, you will hear me. I will probably still be like, ugh. I'll be like, well, hmm. it's okay. But hey, something exciting for you YouTube viewers. We have something new in the background. Oh, it's so, fancy. Yeah, so Terry looks like she's chilling up in some Ketterdam. Yep. And guess what? I moved on on into the fold. <laughs> Here I am. Look at my new digs. Yay! I am the mother of all Volcra. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I dressed up as one. It would be kind of cool if you could control them. Yeah. Like the Darkling. Well, he doesn't really he control He doesn't really them. control them, no. No, he controls his Nietzsche But if you could control them like Danny in, um, in Game of Thrones with her dragons, then you would oh. just... Yeah, had them attack people that you did not like. <laughs> Cities, places, lots of things. Go attack, go attack certain people in the world. That yeah. would be amazing. I love that. So that's, <laughs> that's a little evil for us, but that's okay. Girl, of course. Look at us. We evil. In so a- evil with my I know. unicorn. <gasps> so another <laughs> thing for you YouTube viewers and our listeners need to go check out. Terry has a set of adorable headphones on. They're pastel pink. (laughs) Yeah. And don't worry. I saw them and 
I will be having some. We will be matching. Of, of my own. <laughs> they will be, I, yes. And she turned the light on, the ears lit up, and I lost I it. I don't know if you could see the the light up on the camera or not. No, it's like me trying to show my glasses last week. Maybe if they blinked, maybe that would be. See, you can kind of see it. Yeah. yeah, you can see it if they blink. Well. But it's kind of silly to have a blinking unicorn. I think it's cute. <laughs> so I, I don't think any apology needs to be happening. So besides snow, besides our time change happening, what has been going on with you? Not a whole lot, actually, this week. Good. Well, I mean, I was in like a conference training thing all week. So um, really nerdy things that probably wouldn't interest anyone else. <laughs> Well, girl, we are covering a book series. We, all, I mean, I'm proud of being like a nerd, all that. Yes, love it. Mm. I manage the uh, catalog for our entire college, and we have to do like a yearly training. So I got to talk about catalog software <gasps> for a whole week, and I actually really enjoyed nerding out over it. And I had to take the test today, and I passed it with a 98. So... Very excited, and I'm kind of sad that it's done. Oh, <laughs> well, at least you did good, and yes. I'm proud of you. Thanks. And it's, it's fun to have those moments, you know, where you get to geek it out is. over a passion, and I get it, it completely. So, you know, I had something really exciting. I did my first like official reading for someone that like actually like I I know I've done readings for Lynn Normand, and I've done, but like this was like an actual one where like I it was the big the grand tableau so it was like all like 36 cards and I did it for someone that I really was like I knew them but didn't know them so well mm-hmm. and it was like a real like actual reading and I was so nervous I put it took me about close to maybe like four weeks to put all the information together because one it's all the cards and there's a lot of information there and two, I was kind of trying to like learn and I was so nervous because like, I don't know this person at all. So I was like, I, I did the reading after I was done putting it together. We did it like over like Skype, like kind of, and, or yeah, zoom, I think is what, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so she, she could see the cards and I could point to them and show them what they meant. And I was I'd get to points where I'd be like, okay, so this card kind of means like a contract. I mean, like legal something, but I have no clue what's going on in your life, but it could, has to do with this and things. And like, I was so nervous. And at the end of it, like 30 minutes later, she told me that I had everything right. Like it was like spot on and it made me so happy because like I had worked so hard and was just like, it was just, I was so nervous about it because it's like some parts of it like I didn't know anything about this person so I'm just kind of like throwing out like random things like this could probably have nothing to do or not make sense at all but I'm just gonna go with my intuition and say it and yeah that was really exciting for me so hey look at you I know she told me that I should stop what I'm doing and I should become a professional and I was like No, but thank you. (laughs) I enjoy it too much. You could do some YouTubes. I could. Could. I just have fun. And like, that's the thing. I have so much fun doing it. I don't ever want to like charge anybody for it. Like, and I don't think like that's, I mean, I would love to be the next Miss Miss Cleo. I would, (laughs) my God. Call Miss Cleo. Yes. Like, eat it up. Come on, kids. Call Miss Eric. (laughs) She here to serve the children with your fortunes. Ah. Yeah. That's cute. It would be cute. Miss Cleo, Miss, yeah, Miss mm-hmm. Eric. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that Miss was very ex- if you're nasty. Oh my God, girl. <laughs> I am taking that one. Yes. Miss Barry, if you nasty. Yep. Ooh, mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bye, Felipe. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that was a new thing that like I thought was hilarious. I, um, yeah. So Felipe could be for the guy. Yeah, and I heard it this week, and it made me crack up. So, bye, Felicia. Bye, Felipe. Bye, Felipe. Which, by the way, was my French name in French class. Weird. I know. Felipe. Huh. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, anyways, anything else going on in your life? Anything I'm exciting? I'm sitting here looking at you in these glasses. Yes. And I feel like you need... A mustache with those glasses. Oh, girl, I'm never going to get one, but thanks. <laughs> like, it, they look like like a, a trendy mustache. Ooh. Would I, look good with those glasses. Probably on another face. <laughs> but, yes, I am not good with facial hair. I can't stand it. Like, can't handle it. I mean, I don't like it either. <laughs> like, I can't stand like, I mean, I don't it. like it on men. It's not like a... I'm okay with it on everybody else. Like, my husband, he's fine. He's got, like, facial hair. I can't stand to have it. I have to, like, it drives me nuts. It itches and drives me crazy, so. Yeah, I could. So, um. Yes. I, I don't know if anybody could hear that, so I'm just agreeing they, with you. I don't think they could. Our producer <laughs> did just say something. So, we are going to. We are going to get him to start being able to chip in so we can, you can hear what he says. He's, he said that Eric would look like an 80s star of very specific movies <laughs> adult we, films there we go yes <laughs> chris we need to just pop you on in we can't like translate for you anymore we need oh my god okay so um and what's funny is this is funny for us but we're confusing our poor listeners because they can't hear anything that's going on um okay uh, anyway yeah, so chris is being dirty well i do love it's these not glasses. that kind of show it is not no so, but these glasses are fun. And They're cute. I, and I love them. They are. And I've got another pair that, yeah, I showed them off last week. Yes. But these are, the, these are the ones I wore this week, and these are fun. And I love them. The other ones you can see, because these are, like, actually, like, on the video, you can barely even tell that I really have glasses on. I think compared to the other ones, because the frames, you know. Those are darker. Yeah. Darker and thicker. They are. But I will say, I love Versace, and they both are Versace. <laughs> and I am, I love Versace. Love, love, love. Like, She's a name queen. For Versace, yes. <laughs> I will not. Chris is happy that I don't make him buy me clothes. It's crazy expensive. But when it comes to eyewear, hmm, <laughs> it's where I put my foot down. So, hey, hi. At least every six years. I mean, gosh, I haven't had glasses. And that was the last time I got new glasses was six years ago. They told me. And I was like, okay, well, time is needed. So, okay, well, we should probably get moving on. <laughs> We've got, as usual, we've got some four saints to cover. Yes. And we are getting. We have a very important one first. Yeah. And we are getting so close to the end of this book, which is yes. so crazy. Yeah. But exciting. So you start us off, girl. Who we got? We have Sanct Felix Among the Bowels. Oh, have Ooh. I heard that name before? <laughs> I think so. Have you? Yeah. Felix, what? I better get your book. So here's his story. Mm-hmm. A long time ago in Ravka under King Yaramir, there was a winter that lasted like way longer than it was supposed to, kind of like it does here sometimes. 
But in this Tula Valley, which I looked up, it is between Kribersk yeah. and Novokribersk. Uh, so the orchard in the Tula Valley is blooming despite it being winter everywhere else. It's pretty much the fold. Kind of, but opposite. <laughs> the orchard right. was taken care of by Felix, who was a warrior monk. Remember that the warrior monks took shapes of animals, and Felix uh, was supposedly one of those in the beginning, and he, from the stories, took the shape of a hawk. Cool. I love that. So some of the people near the valley would talk about seeing a red sun, a wall of burning thorns, and a black horse that had a mane of fire, and the hooves sparked blue flame when they hit the ground. Ooh, hooves. So there's a lot going on. Every morning the people would argue about which crazy thing they saw, like which was the craziest thing that you saw last night. Oh, yeah, well, I got a beat. I saw a horse with blue flames. Um. But as they're arguing, like, they can see there's new sprouts and flowers emerging. The problem, though, is that everyone outside of the valley is suffering because <laughs> they're cold and their gardens aren't growing. So they're hungry. Um, and in true Lives of Saints fashion, these people brought torches to accuse Felix of witchcraft. Because that's, that's like a main theme. <laughs> as it happens. In, yes. Yeah. As you know. Um, <laughs> as you know, <laughs> demons. <laughs> the people of the valley who were all fed and strong, they didn't stand up for him, though. They, like, hid in their houses. Um, even when they set Felix to the pyre. Nice. They demanded that he confess, but he claims it was only nature, which, side note to is true in the Grisha world. It is nature. It's not Merzost. It's not magic. So he's telling the truth. He's telling them (laughs) it's nature. So he says, or the book says, he refused to confess any crime and only asked to be turned on the spit so as to cook more evenly. His bones were scattered over the ground and without his care, the orchard's Something and faltered. I did not write this properly. Ever after, the only tree that would grow in the soil was the thorn wood. Boom. Its branches thick with fruit that never ripened. So he is the patron saint of horticulture, and he is celebrated in the spring with feasts of quince and apple. I have 800,000 things to say about Felix, but first on the list (laughs) is looking at the illustration. Let's take a look at that lovely photo. Yes. It's a very pretty photo. It's a gorgeous illustration. Yes. It's actually one of my favorites in this entire, in this whole book. It's very artsy. I. It's got like a, it has a, a nice frame around it. Yes, it does. I like the. It's, yeah, it, it looks like a book cover in a way. You know, it's because it's yes. an oval, and then it's got the, like, apples on the outsides of that. Mm-hmm. I, I love some of the details, like that horse with the flaming wig yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the blue sparks coming. Did it mention that it had hair that yes. was red? Okay. Yeah. The flaming mane, yes. The flaming mane. Mm-hmm. No, the flaming wig. <laughs> Girl! <laughs> but, like, Look Felix your... himself is, like, outlined in gold. Yes. Kind of cool. It's really neat. Yeah. And I I just love this picture. It's absolutely gorgeous. And for those of you listening, I'm sure you all have seen this picture. And if you haven't, 
go check it out because it really is stunning work that Dan did for this. Like this is yeah, that's one that you could see actually, like up on a wall or something. Yeah, yeah, I, I really yeah, it's beautiful. And also the fact that like I mean I know you're about to mention, Song Felix is a huge part of the Grishaverse. Yes, as we will get to now. So I you have, go ahead and talk about. I have it. lots of things. Okay. Uh, but did we say moral of the story? Yeah. So. Um, I don't really know the moral of the story. <laughs> I don't know if there really and truly is one. Um, um, because he didn't do anything wrong. He just minded his own business. Um, I don't know. Don't be a jerk. Yeah, maybe <laughs> if you're living in the Grishaverse during these times, <laughs> you need, you're safer to just pretend like you're a, a yeah. normal, mean, angry person. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, don't show... Nice. Don't be nice to anybody, um, but don't be a hermit either, because then they'll look at you and then yeah. come knocking on your door. So just casually be rude, and like everybody like, else's. Stick up for people, because the Valley people didn't stick up for him, and so now they don't have a lush orchard. You know that actually is a really good moral, um, yeah. because you know there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Be something, say something. Exactly. Just because you agree, like if you see something wrong going on in this world, and you're like, okay, yeah, I I don't agree with that, but then when it comes, like, then do something. Like, mm -hmm. there's a a lot of people, you know, that I mean, for like that will stand for Black Lives Matters, but yet. Do they go out to any of the like protests or go to any of those situations? And like, actually, like, I mean, there's a difference between saying, yes, I support this and then actually going out and supporting it. And I'm just saying, you know, if you have something like that, if you are, feel strongly about something and you know there's, then yeah, we need to stand up for it. Just sending a check and just not, and just saying you support it doesn't make change. You went really deep on that one. I did, but I saw it all of a sudden <laughs> and I realized that's a really good moral out of this one. So, I mean, come on, we don't really, you know. Okay. So, <laughs> thanks. All right. So, <laughs> um, Grisha order. I have two. Okay. Which, um, we've said before a lot, at least, especially the earlier Grisha, it could be a mix. Yeah. I say Inferni because we're seeing sun, heat, the blue flame horse. Yeah. And then material archive because of the plant manipulation. So I'm. Yep. I'm saying a mix of the two. I agree. I also think he possibly could just be a monk um, in itself too. But I mean, we're, we're guessing here with everything. So. Well, well but he made these things happen. So he has to be a. Yeah. A Grisha. Um, so as far as things that are in the book. It's mentioned, like just a quick mention in Ruin and Rising, a quick mention in King of Scars. But in Rule of Wolves, it is confirmed that Felix was the leader of the priest guard and was the first to perform the Obispaya. Yep. Which so is huge. It is huge. Um, and then I also made a note that Saint Felix, Sanct Felix martyrdom is very closely related to St. Lawrence and the Catholic Church. Um, yeah. They were both roasted alive, and they both used that um, turn me over so I can cook evenly. Right. Um, so it's very similar to that story. 
I was going to say, I thought I knew that, like, I felt like I'd heard the story somewhere, but I didn't want to say where because yep. I didn't know where. Okay. St. Lawrence. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the fact that this is such a well-known part of our world that we're studying the Grishaverse. And, like, yet still in this little story, we got some snippets of stuff that, you know, a different side of it. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love the Thornwood. Like, I mean, just because of the fact of, like... The Thornwood is such a huge, it, it, like, to me, it is, like, the Grishaverse. Like, that is what makes the whole world the Grishaverse. Um, and I love finding out more about it. And just, it's so cool to me. Yeah. So, just letting you know. So. McComb. Good saint. Check. <laughs> All right. So, next we have Sankt Lucan the Logical. Ooh. Okay. So there was a prince who really wanted to be king. He had a counselor named Lucan who gave great advice, though many said he talked too much. The quote is, while it was true, Lucan's speeches were so long that young men grew beards and wheat came to harvest in the time it took him to reach his point, that point was most often sound. (laughs) I'm sure my husband is thinking... That sounds like Eric. So that uh, cracked me up. because So apparently he tells very long stories or gives very long explanations. Hmm. Uh, but basically, he saw the future. He made many predictions that came true. And he was also sent to negotiate with any enemy because he would bore them to death. Well, <laughs> that is a superpower. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Lucan did predict that this prince would become king. And it came true. This prince got married three times. The first two ran away to avoid hearing Lucan talk. (laughs) (laughs) And the third died from eating a bad oyster. Though everyone thought that that was not an accident. He had a son with each woman. So he has three sons. As the king got older, he worried about his sons taking over because they were all idiots. He asked Lucan for advice. Yet again, and he confirmed his thoughts that his sons were not fit to rule, but the second son was the best of the worst. <laughs> okay. Well, you know. So the king declared on his deathbed that the second son would rule under the condition that he would keep Lucan as counsel. And mm-hmm. the son kept his word when he became king. When that son took over, though, his first act was to call for Lucan's execution. It was his way out of the promise. Yeah. He said, I promise to keep Lucan as my advisor until the end of his days. That end will simply come sooner than predicted. (laughs) How nice. After his head was cut off, though, he was still able to speak. (laughs) (laughs) So the new king had to keep his nonstop talking head because of his promise. Quote, Lucan's head was placed upon a golden platter, and from it, he dispensed advice to the new king for the entirety of his rule, which was long, just, and miserable, end quote. That's amazing. Yes. I love it. All right. So. (laughs) Please continue. Um, did it say what he's the saint of? Um, let's see. I don't uh, have it in my thing. It's okay. <clears throat> yes, he's a patron saint of politicians. Okay, yes, I think, yes, I remember reading that. Um, 
which kind of makes sense. There are a bunch of talking heads. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Let's look at the illustration, please. Oh. Um, this one's actually kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the. Uh, they've got the saintly glow behind Lucan's talking head. Yeah. <laughs> and the king is on his throne, just like, please kill me now. <laughs> yeah. It's a really cool picture. Something that points out, does does the king's robe look like a kefta to you for some reason? Like, I mean, I know it's not like from the show, but like through the keftas that we've seen in this, in this, like picture, like through the store, the book, I feel like it just reminds me a little bit of a kefta. I'm yeah. not, I know he's not, but I mean, it just reminds me a little bit. Um, the embroidery that's yeah, maybe on the side. It might just be because of the uh, like location. Yeah. Like the traditional wear. It's a very symmetrical picture, though. I really like that. I like it. Except for the king slumped over. Like, he is clearly having a miserable time. And that head is talking. It is preaching. (laughs) It has got something to say. (laughs) Lucan is not going to stop. Nope, he is not. Well, that's cool. I love the picture, so it's funny, too. So the moral of the story is maybe don't talk so much. Or... (laughs) Keep your father's promises. <laughs> or keep your father's promises because he probably could have um, helped you. Yeah. I mean, yes, he could have helped him, but he probably is talking more now because he's like, you killed me. So I am really going to annoy the crap out of you right now. Exactly. Like this ain't going <laughs> to stop anytime soon now. So yeah. Keep your promises. Mm-hmm. They're keep very important. Yeah. Important. Um, Grisha order. So I have down that it's, there's there's really nothing in here about him being like in a Grisha order. What is suspicious though is because his head is still talking. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Merzost is yeah. to play in here. Who performed the Merzost? I don't know. Um, so there might either he is a Grisha and he was able to perform Merzost on himself or some other Grisha did, but um, that would be my guess. Because it's yeah. magical that he's still talking. talking. It, yeah, without yeah. a body. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And there's um, there's absolutely no mention in the books of him. No, there's, yeah, I was going to say, I don't no. think there is. Mm-mm. But, hey, he's the patron saint of politicians, which makes sense to me. <laughs> it does. So, I love that. It really does. Okay. All right, that's it. Okay, well, then I have Sankt Magda. And I love the story, by the way. Um, so for those of you listeners, I'm going to say real quickly, um, that have read everything in the Grishaverse, this is actually, I should probably mention it later, but I'm going to mention it now. It's actually a nut. You've heard this name from the short story, The Witch of Duva, which is in the language of thorns. So anyways, Magda um, is just, she's in Ravka. She's, she minds her own business. She's this nice lady. She, um, she she dabbles in herbs and little potions and things and helps the villager people whenever their wives need help with stuff. Um, and it's also Ravka's during its bitter years, which seem to be forever. <laughs> I don't know when Ravka's not in its bitter years. Uh, yes. Crops are failing, cattle dying. Literally every story we hear. Yeah, everybody's dying. Yeah. So, but um, Magda has this nice little piece of land too. Um, apparently that the village people, um, she knows is like kind of getting a little restless. And the, one of the women that I guess is like having, she's having problems with 
having birth or something, she decides to point her finger at Magda, which doesn't surprise Magda. Magda was like, okay, I know I have this really nice piece of land. These peeps are going to come for me. So um, before she even gives them a chance to come there with their stakes and everything, she gets her stuff and she just bails. She's out. She goes and makes it in the woods and she's already has like herbs and everything growing. And she, she was prepared for this. So she just vanishes. Well, the people in the village still are like, okay, well, all the cattle and everything is still dying um, because they thought that all this could be because of Magda, of course. You know, a witch is in our presence. So that's why everything's going bad. Well, everything still was going bad. So they're like, well, maybe Magda wasn't the only one. So there's this interesting quote I'm going to read real quickly. The town grew restless, the people wild-eyed. As another terrible winter set in, people began to wonder. Perhaps Magda had not been the only witch in their midst. Two sisters were accused of making dark bargains with creatures from the other side. The cold woman who lives at the bottom of the river. The shadow man who is found behind doors. End quote. So, sounds a little suspicious. We'll get to that in a minute, um, just because I see some connections, possibly. Um, so, anyway, these two sisters are obviously, like, they're being persecuted. Well, they think that their family's going to help them, which is really sad that you can't depend on family at this time. Um, because what happens when the people with the pitchforks are coming after them? The father and the brothers steal their shoes and everything they could use to try to escape. So they just are, like, sitting in their room in their nightgowns, and they can't go outside because it's winter, so they can't leave. So that's nice. You know, all that family love and everything. Well, they, they've got nothing else to do. They just pray to the saints for help. And then what, does, what happens? Sankt Magda appears, and she says, Hey, come with me. Yeah. <laughs> and the oldest sister, I believe, is just like, no, 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 mm-mm. you have been like, you deal in like bad, ma- bad magic, you work with demons, I'm not going with you, if I went out with you, we would die, we like, it's winter out there, I ha- we have no shoes, whatever. Well, the sisters, like, the s- younger sister kind of sees this as possibly maybe a actual help from the saints, you know, they were praying to the saints for help, so here is an answer, and so the younger sister's like, well, I think this is a message from the saints. So she goes with her and she goes with her into the woods. And yes, it's freezing. She's frigid and like she's starting to bleed her toes and like feet are getting all scratched up from the wood. And Magda says like, honey, I, you're so cold. Um, and I know you're barefoot. Like, do you wish to turn around? Um, do you really think like, are you okay with this? And the girl says, quote, I will die in the woods, a free woman in the company of the trees, better than the pyre, end quote. Hmm. At that moment, all of a sudden, she feels her little butt lifted up off the ground. <laughs> She's flying with before three winks. She is in a little hut with fur all around her in a big old pot of soup. <laughs> mm. Yum. So, apparently that was a good choice. The other, younger sister smart there. So, um, and she's, where she is, she notices she's with all these women um, in this little, like, hidden place that has all these different herbs that are growing that definitely shouldn't be growing at that time of year, but it's like the safe haven. So, back to 
you know, the bitter sister. She um, gets caught, of course, and, you know, she just kind of says, like, I, I didn't do anything wrong as she dies and burns <laughs> on the stake. However, the brothers and sis- and father of the, the two sisters really want to go find the other sister. Like, where did she go off to? She went with Magda, so we're going to go find her. Well, they go off and they smell like roasting meat and mm. all these different things, and it drives them literally insane. They keep searching until they're just gone. So, they didn't find her. Mm-mm, missing. So, just to let you know, the village continued to starve no matter how many girls they put to death, but the girls who prayed to Magda would often find themselves swept up and carried into the heart of the forest, and so she is known as the patron saint of abandoned women as well as bakers. End quote. I love it. So, uh... Let's, real quickly, let's go right where we're supposed to. Let's look at this beautiful illustration. Okay. So, I think it's pretty. It looks like a fairy tale. I know. And I love how at the bottom the, like, the trail has illuminated. Like, you see the little mm-hmm. toadstools and stuff. It looks like it's so fairy taleish to me. You're right. Yeah. Like, I love it. Um, I love how pretty Magda looks. Uh, she's gorgeous. It and- looks like... Have you ever been to um, uh, Rock City? No, but I've passed by the sign. In Rock City, there's this whole like fairy tale land, um, and Excuse- what? All- <laughs> yes, I mean it's it's very like childish, but everything is illuminated um, like black light, and so this to me looks like it belongs like right in there. Like it looks like it would be. Um, like a black light painting on a wall. That's awesome. I I totally agree. It does look like it would be a black light picture, especially because it's got those hidden, like, highlighted parts. Mm-hmm. And I now have to go and see what you're talking about, this Rock City fairy tale <laughs> thing, because I love fairy... You know me, so... Yes. I, but it's a gorgeous picture. If you've not seen it, definitely check it out. It's gorgeous. Um, so moving on, let's see. What do we think the moral of this story is um don't be suspicious <laughs> don't be suspicious um if you pray for something and then an answer comes that's most likely your answer not the set yeah don't wait for a better answer yeah that ain't gonna come around mm-hmm. um yeah don't be surprised when you pray to something and you get an answer take it um older sisters are the worst <laughs> um so are your brothers and your fa- father don't depend on them these are particular situations because this is making me sound like just hate your family. I'm not saying that. Yeah, no. Just in this time, these um, obviously these poor girls couldn't do anything. Um, another moral: um, women thrive no matter whether they have men or not. Snap. <laughs> That's like one of your favorite themes. It is woman <laughs> power. Yes, ma'am. And I love that they have their own like hidden place that's in the woods that drives men crazy and they can't find like that is so that's a very um typical like fairy tale like theme is you know there's sisters and one is like wiser than the other one and there's a hut in in the woods woods. that's a (laughs) (laughs) that's a that's a fairly like common fairy tale-ish yeah. Yeah. 
Which actually, this is probably you saying that because is probably why it reminds us so much of a fairy tale because yeah. the language of thorns is the book of the fairy tales for the Grisha verse. So that's probably why that's in there. And it's a different story. It's just the mm-hmm. same. So that's the connections I want to make. So it's the Witch of Duva is the same. Magda is the same one. And then I thought that, you know, that quote that I said about the cold woman who lives at the bottom of the river and then the shadow man who happens to be found behind doors. I'm sorry, but there's got to be some kind of connection to the Darkling there with the Shadow Man. I just think there's a connection a little bit, a little something. Who knows? Um, However, I can't talk too much about the woman who lives at the bottom of the river because we haven't gotten there yet. That's in part of the language of Thorn stuff. But for those of you that might know what I'm talking about, I'll try to remember. Most likely I won't. But um, if you've read that, maybe there's a connection there to someone you've read about. Um, yeah, I know. I'm trying to talk in code because of you. Um, <laughs> but I do love this story. Um, okay, so... Do you have any Grisha- connections? Well, um, first off, Order. Grisha Order, I think... Uh, yes, healer. Order. Yes, Healer. The Healer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think she, like, I mean... Yeah, that's, I mean... So she's a healer for sure. There's no other... There's no doubt about but it. Magda is associated with like gardening abilities, right? So, so maybe oh, yeah. fabricator as well. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, she is good with that because she can hurt. Yeah, and she's with that big group of women, which is really neat too. So I wonder how many different types of Grisha there are there. But yeah, so maybe a combination. Yeah, of the of a couple. Um, she reminds me for some reason so much of Bagra. I know she's not, but she just. You have called Bagra Mag- Magda. Have I? Yes, many, many times. Okay. Yeah. And that's only because they just seem so familiar to me. Like, so they seem like <laughs> the same person, but they're absolutely not. No. Um. However, I just, yeah. So, well, I'm glad you pointed that out. <laughs> um. So I actually have here in Rule of Ooh. Wolves, um, it's... Not a mention, but it's mm-hmm. uh, that Zoya says that like saints can see far beyond what's possible, um, that they have connections with people praying to them, and that they're deeply connected to the making of the heart of the world. So that's why it would be possible for like Magda to appear in a vision. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Look at you. Hmm. <laughs> well, I think that was a fabulous story. So. Do you have anything else? No, nope, nope. I'm good. <laughs> I, oh. I said my piece. You said, okay. Well, now we're going to move on to a really cool story, um, which has a huge Easter egg at the end of this. So this is Sankt Egmund, which is really cool. Um, so there's this boy that just happens to be good at drawing and building. And when his church... Um, in the village he lived in started to slump to one side. He was able to help put it back together. He, um, he, yeah, like he just was helpful. And a massive ash tree actually happened to like grow beside it. And ever since then, they, he was favored by the saints and all are said to be favored by the saints. And those who worship gel, like to claim the ash tree and Eggman as their own. So that's how the story starts. Now, Eggman, as we said, he's just, he really is good at like 
art and drawing and building and he makes some amazing things and there's these different people like them that ask like commission him to build like homes and stuff like that however whenever he does he he makes what they ask but goes a little above and beyond um so for instance here's a quote someone would order the construction of a winter palace to be three stories high at least 12 feet taller than their neighbors and with twice as many rooms Egmond would deliver a house of 100 rooms built to look like the thick tentacle arms of a kraken crushing a ship end quote so he was yeah he just makes really cool stuff he also could forge metals that never rusted he could fashion nails that never bent and carve stone into fantastical shapes that were so, so detailed that you almost thought the beast was right there to get you. Yeah. <laughs> kind of reminds me a little bit of Edward Scissorhands, you know, when he's Aww. like, I know, I had that in my head. So, um, yeah, so he keeps creating these really cool things. And, of course, as designers always do, they run into that one frustrated client that's just like, I commissioned you to do this and you did this, which is not exactly what I asked for, even though it might be better. I don't like it. So as our world goes on with things like this, you know, someone like they considered him a fraud. So he just got thrown into the dungeons of the Royal Callus, um, high on the cliffs of Jerome, you know, in our lovely fear to land. Well, um, so the castle also happens to like be pretty cold and um, they started to have these ruthless storms come through and the princes and princes and kings and queens huddled together by the fires. Like it was just all the wind was coming through and they're freezing. Um, water started coming in and they just, they didn't know what to do. The Royal family got some engineers and architects to like try to like help and what their answer was, was this place is cursed. I'm sorry, but we ain't going to be able to fix this. You're going to have to leave. Sorry. I know you, you like this. You need to relocate your capital. So as we have heard, the precious, wonderful night of Rinkala, um, when it was, I'll read this as a quote. It's better to do that. The quote is, the night of Rinkala, when its room should have been full of people drinking and dancing, the castle was nearly empty. All the courtiers, courtiers who could flee had done so, seeking sanctuary in the town below. All the guests who had been invited had regretfully declined. The wind came wailing off the sea like an infant torn from its mother's breast, and the castle walls swayed to and fro. Can no one save us, cried the king. Will no one help us, wept the queen. Down in the dungeon, Eggman placed one hand in a puddle of rainwater and one hand upon the castle wall, where the tiniest tendril of root had begun to find its way through the gaps in the stone. A great rumbling was heard, and for a moment it seemed the whole building would fly apart. Then a final thunderous roar echoed through the night, and a massive ash tree shot from the ground up through the very center of the castle. Silence fell. True silence. The wind had stilled. Rain no longer dripped from the roof. I'm going to end there as my quote. So, you know, this is a big thing because all of a sudden they're like, whoa. So the king's like, 
okay, um, bring up that prisoner who did this. Like, is that, yeah. And he gets him in front of him and he's like, are you the boy who did this, like, help save our castle? And he's like, yeah, I am. And he he's like, you know, if you let me, I'd be glad to build you a fabulous palace. I'm good at this. And the king says, you know what? I will. If you do, you will be rewarded. However, you who fail, you'll you'll die. We'll kill you. Now I'm going to end this very last quote and end the story. The palace Egmund built was unlike any seen before. A stone serpent guarded its high towers, its bridge of glass and moat of floating frost, its silver clock tower, and the sacred ash at its heart. Ever since, the ice court has stood, its walls unbreached by any army. Sankt Egmund is the patron saint of architects. Boom. Boom. Yes. Mic drop. Hello. Huge. That is the ice court story. Yes. Isn't it neat? It is. Okay. So as we get into this, let's definitely take a look at that illustration. Okay. So this illustration is amazing, but I'm going to tell you when I first saw it and like, I didn't realize what it was when I read the story until afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like, but if you were really, I don't know. I feel like if I really looked at it, you could definitely tell it is kind of the ice court story because it's got mm-hmm. the serpent uh-huh. and all that stuff. It's just so cool. And the moat. And the moat. Exactly. Uh, and the I, ice bridge. I love it. It is so amazing. So I just think this is really cool. And it's a beautiful picture. And also, what a really great, like, I mean, just something to feed your mind, give you an illustration of what, I know we got the map of that mm-hmm. in Six of Crows, but this is just really cool to see what it looked like a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So cool. Love it. Um, so he is definitely, well, moral of story. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay. So, well, I mean, he's a true artist. So, you know, <laughs> If there's an artist, let them thrive. Do your thing. Exactly. There's <laughs> always a limit of like, you know, if you tell an artist to draw or paint something for you, you can't like come back and be like, hey, you didn't do it the way I wanted it. They're an artist. You know, they're doing their thing. It's very hard to like, if you have a specific thing in mind, be very specific. And then you hire someone that's not an artist. But he truly was an artist, and I think, and I understand where he comes from. So don't give him any slack. Anyways, um, yeah, moral of the story. Um, moral of the story is we found, we figured out where the ice court came from. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Ice court. God, uh, gods or saints. Yeah. Yep. Boom. Mm-hmm. Done. Okay. So, Grisha Order, obviously a material guy. Fabricator. Yep. Um, Durist. Yes. Um, also, material kai, because again, we have the plant manipulation. Yes, which I think is neat because, like, that part, it's almost like, it's almost like gel, I feel like, working with him. Yeah. 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 Um, in the story of St. Dimion, he was also a fabricator, and he designed the aqueduct. But in this one with Eggman, he's got his own... Uh, ideas yeah so he was he was a much more like creative definitely creative fabricator yeah as we said he is an artist artiste he sure is Mm -hmm. bringing art to the grisha verse (laughs) 
<laughs> so Easter eggs, you found out the story of of the ice court, which is massive. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I remember when I first read this and it was probably like 3.30 in the morning and my husband was asleep next to me. I did scream um, <laughs> out loud when I read that line because that was just such a really cool, 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 cool Easter egg. I love those Easter eggs that are huge. Like that's a massive one. Yeah, in Rule of Wolves, it is confirmed that Jell's ash tree is actually a rendition of the sacred thorn wood trees. So they do mention that in Rule of Wolves that wow they don't say the name per se. They did. They I think they did say Eggman. Yeah. Um. They probably do. I think you're right. Yeah. But um. But yeah. So Eggman is kind of like Fjorda's Lizaveta or Lizaveta. Like, Lizaveta is, like, Ravkin, mm-hmm. and, and Eggman is, like, Fjordan. And if you remember, like, I think it's in—I can't remember exactly whether it's the very—it's in Six of Crows. It's when one of the crows wa- actually gets into the ice court, and they realize how fabulous it is. One of their thoughts is, like, this has to be—has to have been created by Grisha. Mm-hmm. And I remember that specifically. I can't remember who it was, but just that thought. And I always thought that was kind of neat. I always thought that would be like told throughout that story. But here we are. It's told right here, like for sure. And there's a fun little thing here in the uh, Grishaverse Reddit thread Hmm. that um, uh, this could point to Jell being a version of the same god behind the making at the heart of the world. The first maker mentioned my Grigori, who is probably the god of the religion of Ravka. Absolutely. So they're saying, especially based on the story and everything we've heard, that like Jell could actually be like the maker of the heart of the world. He could be like the god. They said, like, I remember... Weirdest version of it. Yeah. Yeah. They. I remember when we were ending rule of wolves they specifically were kind of talking about that and mm-hmm. how it was like you know this is all one like the making of the heart of the world and all these gods yes are all like it's all the same thing we yeah. just have different names for it and i love how much that actually goes with my beliefs and just like there's a real world just because i mean i think a lot of people pray towards different things and i think there's just a, a lot of fun different names mm-hmm. for the same thing and you know. the like the ash tree, the thornwood has mm-hmm. a lot to do with it because Lizaveta has the thornwood on her story. And then this like gel eggman thing yeah. has thornwood. Um and we've we just finished another thornwood story with um Felix. So the thornwood has a lot to do with the making of the world as well. Yeah. That's why I love the thornwood so much because yeah. it like literally is like it is the center of of all of of everything and that gets really pointed out in rule of wolves but i just love how much that is just this huge point mm-hmm. um that we get to see like i mean the thornwood is the is everything so yep. it is so cool which by the way i think we should start making i would love to make a thornwood like bracelet or something like that that would be so cool you know marketing mm-hmm. mark um anyways so i mean that finishes it up for this week. Um, I think we had some great saints. We, um, yeah, we got some cool stuff coming for you. So, anyways, it's now that very special time for 
we're just <laughs> pretending. So our lovely Grisha in the field, Alex, will not be able to make it. But it is okay. Alex, let me know what was going on up in that field. So first off, some big news. Um, Lee and is and Holly Black will actually have a real live in-person event coming up. And I, it's for the promotion of Holly Black's new book. And it is May 12th at Skylight Books Philosophical Research Society in Los Angeles. And yeah, that's a Thursday and it's at 7 p.m. So if you're in that area, I would go check it out because this is the first time Lee has been able to physically be somewhere that we can actually go to in a long time. So really cool. And also, I love Holly Black. So <laughs> yes. got to do that. Next, um, so let's keep this cool. Let's not make a big deal about it because we don't want to get anybody in trouble. But earlier this week, there was a photo that was leaked on social media. And it was a photo of our actor who plays Sturmond, Nikolai, with a fellow like actor and as quickly as it went up on social media is as quickly as it went down however we know this was definitely a breach of contract we don't want to get anybody in trouble but um it was something that happened it was cool if you saw it if you didn't don't go digging don't want it's it was neat to see however it didn't give away a lot of anything it was pretty much just a face shot so don't worry if you didn't see it you didn't miss much it was nice to see that they're filming um and probably close to finishing hopefully but that is it so that is our grisha cast news for today Ta-da! yay <laughs> okay so we do have a listener thank you I forgot. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to say thank you to Glasses Danny for yes. the lovely, wonderful review. Um, it was a very nice read. <laughs> Is that the one I'm looking? That I'm trying the desperately. One that we just look- read. Yes, thank you. That's what I'm desperately yes. <laughs> trying to look for. Yes, thank you, Glasses Danny. Yes, thank you very much. That was a phenomenal review. Um, it we was. <laughs> love hearing that. It makes us so happy. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. And that reminds us to tell you, please, if you are a listener, we would appreciate and love it so much if you went to your podcast platform and gave us a review. We love it, especially on Apple because we can see them. You can always email us also if you have any questions or anything. We love to hear from our listeners so much. So thank you so much. Um, Thank you, Glasses Danny. Yes. We love you. And yeah, I love your name, Glasses. I wonder if you're wearing glasses, if you like glasses. (laughs) What type of glass are we going with? Are we thinking about the glass that Terry makes? Or are we going in Cinderella glass slippers? Huh. I know. Glasses could be... I know. I went off on a tangent there. Yeah. How many ways can Eric think about what glass has to do with... Anyways, okay. Eric overthinking? <sighs> really? What? No. You're I'm just... crazy. I know, girl. I'm just saying lurking. <laughs> I'm going to be that... <laughs> Just that head, that is going to be me. Yeah, keep on talking. Hey, you just wait for a Grishaversary next year. Oh, boy. Oh. oh. I know, girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got it. Anyway, so next week we look forward to discussing four more saints with you. We are almost done with this book, y'all. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next week we will be covering Sanct Ilya, Sanct Ursula, Sanct Matthias. Ma- Ma- 
Matthias, not Matthias, Mathesis, I don't know, whatever, Sankt Dim- Dimitri, and those are pages 91 through 108. Yeah, I don't know if it's Sankt Matthias, I don't think it's Matthias, it's M-A-T-T-H-E. Mathias, Mathias. The one in between Ursula and Dimitri. Mathias. Count four from the one we just we just finished, Egmund. Count four more. Yep. And if you really need to know specific pages, 91 and you end on 103. Yep. So, okay. Well, it has been a pleasure. We love you all. Long live the Grishaverse. Like, we're at the end of the hour, so my voice is a little husky. It was. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at GrishaCast. Thank you so much to our staff, Chris, Alex, Sid, Michelle, and our fabulous graphic designer, Chloe. 